Welcome to the Mark Lesko Podcast. Covering the sports and fitness world. All right, Austin, we are here right now for a special episode of the Mark Lesko pod and the Mark and Austin show. We will be covering the top four uh, reveal, uh, the top four for the college football playoff, as well as Penn State's bowl. Um, We're going to find that out in real time. We both have the TVs on in the background. Austin, you have it on your computer, right? Yep. Peach Bowl. I have it up as well. Peach Bowl was Michigan State and Pitt. I see that right now. I don't think they won't announce Penn State for a while, but um, with uh, in regards to the top four, uh, I'm not happy about it really at all. Uh, I thought the playoff committee would do the right thing, and they did not. Uh, my top four was Michigan number number one, Alabama two, Cincinnati three, Georgia four, and this is why this this is why I had this as my top four, and why the committee got it wrong Michigan okay when it comes to resume it seems like they don't really uh, 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 factor in resume very much the committee they just kind of take the top four teams that they think are the best right now or the best overall and just kind of put them wherever they want I know that may sound I, I know what I'm saying may sound somewhat hypocritical or contradictive but when it comes to the top four, you have to factor in resume, which the, co- the committee does not do. Michigan, okay, one lost season. They just blew out Iowa last night in the Big Ten Championship. They have the best loss of any of these teams. Well, besides Georgia, they have the best loss of the of Alabama between Alabama and Cincinnati. They have the best loss, okay? Their loss came weeks ago, and it was very close. They need to be number one because they had the best loss and that was a couple weeks ago and they just blew out the, the an Iowa team last night that, you know, they weren't a horrible team. They were two lost team. They beat, they beat a Penn State team that Michigan only beat by four. So they blew out an Iowa team that had beaten – teams that they that they had also beaten but by closer points so when it comes to michigan they have the best resume they deserve to be number one okay alabama who just beat the living crap out of the number one team in the country deserves to be two because they just beat the number one team but they have a a less they they don't have as good of a loss as michigan their loss was not good it was to Texas A&M with a backup quarterback. But they just beat the number one team, so they deserve to be two. Cincinnati deserves to be three because they're undefeated. And Georgia deserves to be four. I know they, they were the best team in the country 24 hours ago, but their loss came late, and they got blown out by Alabama, who was not even favored to win. Okay? That's what the top four should be. The committee 
did not do the right thing. I didn't expect them to, but you go all the way back to 2016 with Penn State. Penn Penn State State was the hotter team. They were the champions of the conference. How does an Ohio State team get in over a team that they lost to and weren't even the champions of their conference? How does an Ohio State team get in over Penn State? That doesn't make sense. So, the like I said, the committee did not do the right thing. I didn't expect them to. I think they're a bunch of idiots. I don't think that they factor in resume. I think they just – it's a popularity contest with them, and I'm not happy about it. Michigan should have been one. They had the best loss. They had the they they won their conference last night. Alabama should have been two because they beat the number one team. But they're not better than Michigan. They're not higher up than Michigan because their loss was worse than Michigan's. Cincinnati is undefeated. Put them in number three. Georgia just lost last night. They had the latest loss of any of these teams. They had the best loss, but they had the latest loss. You put them at four. That's how it works. I'm not saying Alabama isn't better than Michigan. In fact, they probably are. We don't know, but they probably are. But it doesn't matter. You put it on resume. If Alabama is better than Michigan, then they'll prove it when they play them, if they play them. But what the committee did is they just put put them in positions where Alabama and Georgia don't play right away so that they can play in the national title, which is total crap. But that's what they did. So I hope to God that I hope to God that Michigan wins this game. I hope they beat Georgia. They deserve to beat Georgia. I think they can beat Georgia. I think they can do well against this defense. It's going to be a defensive game. And I hope they beat Georgia. And I hope to God that Cincinnati upsets Alabama because Michigan, I think, deserves to have this national title win. And as Penn State fans, we're Michigan fans right now. We're rooting for Michigan. We want Michigan to do as well as they can. So not happy about it. The top four is Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, and Cincinnati. Cincinnati does not deserve to be four. That is just – they don't deserve to be four. They deserve to be in the top three. But, again, the committee's just trying to avoid Alabama and Georgia playing against each other in the first game so that they can get the game that they want. But I hope it backfires on them. I hope Michigan beats Georgia. Excuse me, and I hope Cincinnati beats Alabama. So, uh, like I said, we're watching the TV in real time right now. Uh, While they announce the bowl games, we will find out Penn State soon. Kentucky ended up at 22. That's good. And the only reason the 9-3 Kentucky is 22 is because they're Kentucky. Will Levis had a great season. And eight and four Arkansas is above Kentucky. So that tells you everything. Kentucky's better than Arkansas. But Arkansas has has the name. Texas AM ended up at 25. I don't know. I don't I don't understand some of that stuff. But Austin, those are my thoughts. My top four was my top four. I hope to God that Michigan beats Georgia. And I hope that Cincinnati upsets Alabama. Realistically, Alabama's going to beat Cincinnati. If Michigan's offense can can move the ball against Georgia, they have a good shot. But that will come down to their offense because they're both elite defenses. I think Michigan is 
right behind Georgia with the best defense. Alabama's defense is not as good as Michigan's, I don't think. But that's you know that that's that's what I hope happens. Um, and the thing too is, how does an undefeated Cincinnati go down to four from three? That's that that's that's stupid. And how does a number one Georgia team who just lost last night not move down to four? They just lost last night. And how does a four Alabama move all the way up to one? I just don't get it. But don't expect them to do the right thing. Uh, you know, I, that's the thing about Penn State. Their fate is in their hands. They have to win. They pretty much have to win, go undefeated. And their one loss not to be not to be to Ohio State to get into the playoff. Otherwise, they don't have a shot. Not a shot of ever getting in unless they're undefeated or have a one loss to like Michigan. Because if it's because if it's Ohio State, they'll never get in. They probably wouldn't even get in over a two loss a two loss Ohio State. So, yep, not happy. But hopefully, uh, we get some good news with Penn State. Get an Outback Bowl that Austin was talking about. Like we said last week, we think their name gets them in. So if they get into an Outback Bowl, that's pretty much all their name. That's getting them into that type of bowl because I don't think they deserve to have that type of bowl being a five-loss team. Um, and I did get their record wrong last week. I said eight and four or eight and five. They're seven and five. That was what their final uh, their final record was. And hopefully they get to an eight-win season, Austin. But you can uh, – I'll I'll give before you jump in here, Austin. I'll give uh, Mike Kresovich's quote here. Um, he wasn't able to join us, but he gave me gave me his thoughts on the committee. He says, "I thought the committee put the best four teams in. I think Alabama proved to the country they were the number one team, and Georgia's cakewalk schedule reflected yesterday. I agree. I thought Georgia played a tad unmotivated since they knew they were in in with a loss. As far as Cincy, they beat Notre Dame to get to get the right." to the number four spot, no matter who else they played, their 13-0 record gets them in. That being said, Alabama 43, Cincinnati 13. That's probably accurate. I don't think Alabama deserves to be the number one team. This is me talking now. Uh, Georgia definitely had a cakewalk of a schedule. That's why I think they deserve to be at four. So, And if Georgia had a cakewalk of a schedule and Alabama beat the crap out of them, then it must not mean too much. But that was uh, that was Mike's thoughts. Thank you, Mike for uh, sending me that. Um, I wish you could have joined us, but uh, you're busy, busy there at the Lock Haven Express, man. So keep doing your thing. But uh, yeah, it's, I'm just not happy with the top four. I gave you my top four. That's what I think it should have been. I think that would have been the right thing. Michigan deserves to be number one. <laughs> they have the best loss and, and they have a tough schedule. So Austin, it's all you, man. Um, I've said everything I need to say. Yeah, you know, I was not surprised with the um, with the rankings, uh, no. the, the top four. It's pretty much exactly what I thought it was going to be. Um, you can call you can call it what you want, SEC bias or whatever. Um, you know, both teams on the field. I, I do think Georgia and Alabama are better than Cincinnati. So, I mean, you know, I don't really have a problem with it. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, I think Alabama being number one is, is cause they're Alabama 
Uh, I really think that's it. It's Nick Saban and it's Alabama and, 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 and you know, that, that, that's what it is. Uh, not, not, yeah, I, I get it. I, you know, that, that's the, that's just the, the way that goes on, you know, for, for better or for worse. Um, I, I don't necessarily agree that they should be number one. Um, cause Michigan also beat the brakes off of Iowa. Yeah. Uh, and that's not a bad team is two lost team. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, you know it, it, it's one of those things. They're, they're not a bad team. They're not a they're not a great team. Um, their offense is like pretty putrid, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's three but, points. You know, that's yeah, three points. I mean, you know, <laughs> th- th- there you that, go. That's a, that's embarrassing. That is. But I I understand why. I, I I'm just no no one can deny the greatness of the dynasty that is Alabama. I I just think. It's kind of like it's kind of like the MVP award in the mid 80s through early 90s. If yep. if if everybody was being honest with themselves, I mean Michael Jordan probably wins the MVP every single year. Why? Yeah. Cuz he's the best player by far on the planet. That's why. Well, it's like LeBron um, James now pretty much. Yeah, 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 like he can even win every year. Even though I don't think he always deserves it, but yeah. Right. But, but that's kind of the same thing. And, and I think the same thing's kind of happening, at least for me. And, and I, I do believe many others. We just got some Alabama fatigue, man. Like we're, we're just tired of it. it. It, you know, the college football playoff being the, the, the Alabama and everybody else show. Um, it, it's kind of annoying. It's kind of, it's kind of just, you know, I think yeah. it's pretty, it's kind of old news. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't mean to interrupt you, Austin, but they, like I just said, they deserve it. They deserve it. They've earned, they've earned being that team. They've earned it, and they just beat the crap out of Georgia. They just they they've earned that, and that's something that Penn State has not earned even remotely. So they they've they've earned that. They've earned it. But yeah, still, what you said is completely correct. But, By the uh, way, Austin, Ole Miss is yeah. eight. Did you see that? Yes, I did. I did see that. Ole that that's Miss interesting. At, at number eight, playing playing Baylor, um, in the uh, in the Sugar Bowl. That's interesting. That'll be a, that'll be a, that'll be a good ball game. That'll be yep. that'll be a good game. I think I think most of the I think all the New Year's six games should be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I like this, bro. I'm just so happy that Ohio State's not in. <laughs> it's good, and I, I <laughs> think that'll God. be a that'll be a fun Rose Bowl with with them in Utah. But um, but yeah, you know. I, I get it. And and here's the thing. The, the way their rank does matter because it dictates who they play. Um, I think Alabama obviously has the easier matchup with Cincinnati, who most believe are going to be pretty, pretty outmatched um, just from a talent and athleticism standpoint. Um, I don't know how true that is. Cincinnati is a very good team. They have a lot of really good athletes. A lot of them are going to go pro um, for sure. Uh, they, they have a lot of draftable players. However, I do have to give the edge to Alabama. Um, they probably end up winning by 14 to 17 points uh, and that kind of stuff, especially if Bryce Young plays as well as he did. Um, Michigan and Georgia, I think there's more uh, kind of nuance and parity with that matchup. I do kind of think it's a pick em. I think Georgia is favored in that game by close to a touchdown. The early kind of minus, projection. I think it's minus seven, six and a half, minus seven and a half. I'm yeah, going to look right now. Yeah, close to a touchdown. Um, 
and I mean, I, I don't know. That's fine. That that honestly probably favors Michigan. It'll, it'll give them some. It'll give them some juice. Um, that they're that they're the underdog. Uh, but here's the thing: if you look at the matchup, I don't usually like doing this, but if you look at the matchup of Michigan and Georgia, both defenses are very very good. And if you saw the one deficiency that Georgia has compared to a team like Alabama, which we saw last night, is quarterback play. Now, do I think Michigan's quarterbacks are elite? No, I don't. But I think they fit what they do on offense, Mm -hmm. which is lean heavy on the run. Get the play action passes. And if you look at things and we saw this, we saw this, you know, we saw this firsthand when they played Penn State. The, the Michigan quarterbacks are pretty accurate with the football. They can really thread that needle on those uh, those short and intermediate throws. Now, if they can do that and if they have the ability to run, I think that Michigan defensive line, um, I think they can really get pressure on this Georgia quarterback. Yeah. And, again, the Georgia quarterback's not – that room is not like – they're not world beaters. They're, they're good, but they're not elite. They're not a caliber like Bryce Young, et cetera, et cetera. And mm-hmm. again, we talked about this so many times. That is what can break seemingly impenetrable defenses. An elite quarterback with an elite arm that can make, make pinpoint elite throws. And you saw it last night. You saw it firsthand if you watched the Alabama and Georgia game. How many of those deep throws – where uh, the, the one down the field uh, towards the right sideline was just a, a freaking rocket. I mean, Bryce Young just really laid into that and just let it freaking fly. Yeah. And he just dropped it on a dime behind behind double coverage. Um, I, I Again, you can play the best defense, but a perfect throw can beat you. And that's what it was. Yep. That's what it was. Now, should there be a rematch situation? Doing that and making those elite throws, those perfect dime throws, it's easier to do that in one game than it is in two. Because that level of proficiency and execution is hard to replicate, even for the greats. And I'm I'm talking NFL greats. I'm not just talking college greats. I'm talking NFL greats. That level of perfection is very hard to repeat consistently. There's going to be offs. There's going to be there's going to be off games. There's going to be hiccups. There's going to be drops. There's going to be just bare near misses. All this stuff, because again, that's just there's you know people are not perfect. There there's air built in. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, I, I give Alabama the edge. Um, if Michigan has the ability to run the ball somewhat effectively, I think they have a really good chance at at the the. Um, We'll, we'll call it an upset per the per the line, um, but I, I definitely like Michigan to cover, uh, especially yeah near a touchdown. I definitely plus, like them to cover cover that for sure. Um, plus seven and a half. Be, yeah, I think it'll be a tight game. I would I would definitely pick Michigan uh, and the points. Uh, yeah, you cover. want you you want to get your bets in now, dude. Alabama's minus thirteen and a half over Cincinnati. That's insane. Yeah, I think when it's all said and done. Alabama probably does win by maybe 14 or 17 yeah, points. Yeah, I, I think they cover with, with a late with a late score. Um, but I but, think it'll be, I think it'll be probably maybe 10, 10 to 14 point differential throughout the game. 
I, will... I do I do think the Cincinnati offense can score. Yeah. Yeah, I I think Alabama wins by probably two touchdowns, but I think the spread last year against Notre Dame was even like 17 or 24. So to give a Cincinnati team 13 point 13 and a half points, I would say take the minus 13 and a half on Alabama and take the plus seven and a half on Michigan. Um, and the over under on Michigan is 43 and a half. I think Michigan can win that game, like you just said, Austin. You know, I, I think if they do what you just said, I the think Michigan can only, win. The over under is how much? 43 and a half on Michigan. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah I'd, probably take, I'd probably take I'd, the over. I would take the over. Yeah, I, I'm not much of a I'm not much of a betting betting person, but I, I I'm thinking there's probably more points than that scored. I, I might be a little hesitant for the uh, Cincinnati Alabama the 58 and a half because Nick Saban doesn't run up the score. If Cincinnati gets blown out, I don't think it's going over 58 and a half. So because Cincinnati could get blown out and not score any points, maybe three points, and I and like I said, Saban Saban's very a very respectful coach. He doesn't run up the score. So maybe take the under on that game, unless Cincinnati comes out and plays well, you know, you said the Cincinnati offense can do good, but how good? I don't know. I don't know how good. I don't know if they're going over 58, but sorry, Austin, you, my bad. I'm, I'm not trying to interrupt you, but yeah, as you, as you were All saying, good. bud. Yeah. But uh, you know, th- th- those are kind of my thoughts. And, and I, I agree. Uh, if you're, if you're of the betting, mindset probably probably take those bets i think those are probably uh where where those things are going to fall uh moving on new year's six bowls are set as well we have number 10 michigan state versus number 12 pittsburgh in the peach bowl uh i think that'll be a good matchup Mm -hmm. i think that'll be a nice little a little matchup there with pat narduzzi who spent a lot of time uh as a as a dc for michigan state uh, taking on the Spartans there. I think that's, a, I think that's pretty darn good. Um, honestly, I would give, I would give the edge to Pittsburgh because like we talked about last episode, uh, Michigan state's pass defense is absolutely horrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Pitt wins. Yeah. Which isn't Pitt good for wins. the big 10, but you know, well, and here's the other thing. <laughs> Michigan state is pretty adept at running the ball and Pitt's not the best at stopping the run. Um, they're okay. I think the Pittsburgh defense, if they can force a couple of turnovers, I think that'll help them build a cushion. But I just don't see – I don't see how the Spartan defense is going to stop Kenny Pickett in the passing attack. No, um, with, there's with, no with way. Guys like, uh, with like guys like um, Addison and things on there on the edge, I just I don't see that happening. Um, so I'd, I'd probably pick Pittsburgh um, in that matchup. We have the, the Fiesta Bowl with number five Notre Dame versus number nine OK State. Um, man, that's that's honestly kind of a that's kind of a pick'em for me. I, I I might go slightly against the grain, and this could change depending on uh, the coaching carousel stuff. Okay, now obviously they hired Freeman at Notre Dame to their their DC. Uh, loved by his players, they 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 hired him as the head coach, so that's some good continuity there. Yeah, um, the players like him, right? And and obviously the the Oklahoma State DC has been has been mentioned um, with some connections uh, with maybe Penn State and, and 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 that sort of thing as well. So that might that might change things after after the broadcast of this podcast. But um, you know, I think 
I think OK State has a good shot there. I, I really do. Uh, I like their scheme. I think it, it's a bad it's a bad matchup for Notre Dame. I think they play well on defense. Um, I know that they were a little bit leaky early against Baylor, but they really clamped on half. They didn't really give up anything at all. And frankly, they probably should have won that game. Again, they, they had four opportunities that got stopped at what the, the six inch line. Um, you know, on fourth down to, to not win. So that was, that, that was a really real nail biter came down literally to the wire. Um, yep. Rose bowl there. Honestly, I would, for Notre Dame and, and Oklahoma state, I would look at what the spread is um, and see what the line is. Yeah. The, none of the bowl games lines up are up yet, yeah. except for the top four, but Austin, yeah, I saw this I, thing I would on, see. I don't, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you again, but I saw oh, this good. thing on Twitter last night. Um <laughs> They said uh, at Indiana that would have counted. <laughs> Absolutely, the Oklahoma State game. <laughs> They're clearly in, as they say. Oh yeah, he was definitely in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, depending on what that line is, that might be uh, that might be a good opportunity to pick a cover. Um, depending on what it what it is, um, it in my opinion, it'll probably be. Honestly, it probably won't be that great of a line. It'll probably be like minus two and a half Notre Dame or something like that. It'll probably be a slight edge um, as, as far as that goes. Uh, yeah. Rose Bowl. Yeah. Decent opportunity there. We have Ohio State and Utah. Um, again, Utah just coming off those back-to-back just beatings of Oregon. Um, they really they really handled the Ducks with with relative ease, both, both those games. Which was which was a little bit surprising, I, I, especially the second time. I, I thought Oregon would really bounce back and and be able to to avenge that loss, but uh, was not to be. Utah uh, got them twice there, so good matchup. Um, I don't think I don't think the Utah. Well, here's and here's the other thing. Again, with these predictions, we need to see what players like Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave decide if they're going to play or not. That might affect some things. Um, but they have a bunch. They have a bunch of guys. Their their wide receiver room is is extremely uh, deep and talented. Yeah. Um, with uh, Njigba, and they have Julian Fleming, and they have Marvin Harrison Jr. and a lot of these young these young uh, high four and five star guys. Yeah. So you know, I, I think they'll be okay either way. Yeah. Uh, I, I just I don't see the Utah offense being able to st- hang with Ohio State there. Um, no, so I, 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 I would take the Buckeyes. There's no way in hell Alabama loses that game. I don't care what Utah did against Oregon. There's, I don't know what happened to Oregon, but there's no way in hell that Al, 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 um, Ohio State loses that game. I mean, they're not in the playoff, man. They're pissed off. So, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I, I would definitely go Buckeyes there. Uh, and then this is a pretty interesting matchup: Sugar Bowl. We have number seven Baylor versus number eight Ole Miss. Um could potentially be a little bit of parody. I, I know, I think it was uh, with, the, with the current carousel for coaching. I know Oklahoma is looking at Brent Venables. And from, from what was being reported, it looked like Venables was eyeing the offensive coordinator as his top pick uh, to be OC for him at Oklahoma um, mm-hmm. from Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. So, again, uh, Maybe that wouldn't change too much because obviously Lane Kiffin could just call the plays. That that's not a that's not really a big deal. Um, but just something to keep in mind. Um, I like the Rebels here. I like Ole Miss. 
I like Ole Miss in this one. Uh, I think they, I think they get it done. I think they bring a little bit more of a physical presence on defense. Um, nothing against the Baylor Bears. I think that they they showed out. They had a really good football team. They had, they had a very good yeah. uh, a good season. They came up big yeah. in the uh, in the title game. Uh, very very solid team. Yep. Um, I, I think they're going to struggle uh, a little bit to get going against Ole Miss. And I think the Ole Miss offense, especially if if uh, Corral plays, um, you know, I think I think they they can I think they can get out to an early lead and kind of kind of just not look back and, and keep on rolling, but, but we'll see, but that's kind of where, that's kind of where I'm leaning now. Um, well, here's the thing about well. Kenny Pickett against Michigan state. Here's an opportunity for him to really boost his draft stock. Okay. Him and Matt Corral, both, I guarantee you have the Steelers on their mind <laughs> because they both know that the Steelers are looking at them. They both know that it's a real possibility that come this time next season, they're starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, you know, Matt Corral and Kenny Pickett, they, I think they're both hungry. You know, I, I'm sure if anybody asked them, they would just say, no, we're just focused on the game. But, dude, their, their draft stock is really on the line right now. Kenny Pickett, go off, man. Go off. Prove that. You can be the next starter for, I'm sure, your Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm sure he is uh, a fan of the Steelers. Um, I'm not sure if he's a Pennsylvania guy, but just playing in Pittsburgh there, man, he's he's easily, you know, keeping an eye on the Steelers and what, you know, what uh, – he's from New Jersey, so he might – I don't know if he's a Steelers fan or not, but um, – I'm sure he has his eye on the Steelers. Uh, he wouldn't have to leave, wouldn't have to go anywhere. Or Matt Corral, man, you know, do do good. Do good in your bowl. Boost your draft stock. Prove that, prove that you're capable of leading an NFL franchise because people are looking at him. So, All right. Here we go, my friend. Uh, somewhat breaking news. Arkansas set to play Penn State in the Outback Bowl. So oh everybody God. go crazy. Everybody awesome. throw your hands up. I was correct. Awesome. Outback Bowl was in play. We're going bowling in the Outback Bowl. If I would have had my selection uh, between the, the various bowls we talked about, I think I mentioned it before, I would have picked the Outback Bowl. Um, going Thank to God. Florida to get to the Outback Bowl. So uh, very good bowl uh, bowl for Penn State. Um, and again, kind of like what we talked about, that's probably a purely a name recognition yep. opportunity uh, for, for Penn State. Uh, they always travel well. They've been they've been uh, representatives of the Big Ten in the Outback Bowl uh, many times uh, in, in the past. Um, so we are going to the Outback Bowl, folks. So if you uh, if you're, you know, into, into going want? to the bowl games. What are you watching right now? Uh, I actually got that as a uh, little alert on uh, Instagram, and then I just double checked it uh, with uh, the two four seven, okay, two four seven watch list. So honestly, I think that's great. I think that's that that this is a very good opportunity for Penn State. Um, if you're interested in traveling, the the bowl game, uh, the Outback Bowl is in Tampa, uh, in Florida. So uh, flights, I'm pretty sure you can get direct flights into Tampa out of uh, various airports in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So travel is pretty simple. They're pretty cheap. Um, 
Yeah, they're, yeah, they're they're not very expensive. Uh, obviously, uh, that's where I'm, I'm going to be moving. So, yeah, well, there you go. They could uh, be like so, 200 bucks. Yeah, uh, I yeah, obviously just kind of keeping keep in mind. Uh, I I don't, and again, obviously this is not the the scope of this podcast. Just be aware with kind of what's going on with the whole with the whole new variant crap. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's going to be domestic travel limitations or anything like that. So I, I, don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think there's. I don't think there's going to be any issues there. There better um, not be. I, I I doubt it. I doubt it. I just don't. I don't see that. I don't see that being a, a viable option um, at this current juncture. So I don't foresee that to be a problem. Um, but again, looking here, uh, the last recorded payout for the Outback Bowl six point four million. Uh, that was last recorded in twenty nineteen or uh, after the twenty nineteen season. So it was the twenty twenty version of the bowl. I think. I think this. Well, oh, January 1st. There you go. Yeah, the, yeah New Year's January Day. 1st. Yeah, it's January 1st, New Year's Day, Tampa, Florida. Yep. Uh, I'm looking at comments right now. How the hell did this team get a New Year's game? I love Penn State, but really. And someone replied, it's not a New Year's six. It's not a um it's not it's not a it's not a one of the New York's New Year's six bowls. Correct. But it's Which, a New Year's they, Day game. They 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 have a point. Um do they deserve the outback bowl? Hell no. But do we want it? Absolutely. Yes, we want that yeah, game. Yeah, for sure. Plus, absolutely, we want that like, game. Like we talked about, again, the, the, the travel is pretty simple. It's not super yep. expensive right now. And you can get the heck out of this lovely Pennsylvania weather yep. and go down to Tampa and enjoy some Florida weather a little bit. That would be, that's always nice. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm thinking about it myself, to be quite honest with you. What do you think um, the prices are, Austin? I might go too. Oh man, yeah, maybe maybe a couple hundred bucks. Like they they, they can't possibly for the tickets. Crazy. Oh, for the tickets, depending yeah. on where you sit. Now nah, they're probably not even that expensive. Okay. Where, yeah, they're where, probably they're probably not even. That now, expensive. how how do you how, how would you like if you went, which it sounds like you are? How would you go? Um, how how would like, I? Where, like, would you get an expensive ticket, or are you just trying to go? I would. probably holder he gets he gets like bowl selection stuff for tickets as well um so i'd probably have to talk to him about it and kind of see what what all that stuff was looking like who um, does my, my uncle does oh, okay oh so yeah he, they get bowl tickets too yeah you can get oh. you can get bowl package stuff through as a, as a season ticket holder through interesting the okay so yeah. So basically what I would do is talk to him and kind of see what those opportunities are and where, where those, where those seats would be. Cause like for the capital one bowl, those seats were phenomenal. They were literally like at the 50 and they were right behind all the student athlete parents for Penn state. Like they were, they were just crazy good for, for that game. Now, sometimes mm-hmm. they've been less good, but I mean, for, for that game, the capital one, um, after the 2018 regular season was really, really, really good. Um, so I'd probably check that. And then I'd probably just cross reference that with, you know, whatever, you know, whatever Ticketmaster or you know, yeah. these other, the other outlets and kind of see what the, what the pricing difference is and as it compared to location and that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, definitely a good opportunity. Uh, uh, definitely, you know, a, a good bowl to get into. Um, so please there, and we're playing a, a a pretty good opponent. We're playing, you know, an SEC an SEC team in Arkansas, um, who had a pretty good season in their own right. You know, eight and four. Um, 
So I, I think that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good matchup. I, I, I'm pleased with that. Um, for once, <laughs> for once I had an opportunity to get kind of what, what I, what I preferred there. Yeah. So Penn state is Tampa bound for the Outback bowl. It's good to see, man. And I just saw this too. I just said this about the Steelers. They're doing extensive work on 2022 QB class could aggressively pursue one. And that's two pictures, Matt Corral and Kenny Pickett. So again, those two guys, man, do well in your bowl because the Steelers are looking at you. Yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much the, those are the main, main two guys in the draft class for sure. And I, you know, I saw them, um, I saw them also looking at the quarterback from Liberty um, and you know, he, he's more of a uh, Leek Willis. He's more of like a dynamic. Uh, he's not like a real pocket passer. He's a scrambler. He's a very dynamic athlete. I, I don't, I don't know that that's the Steelers ideal candidate. Um, probably not. I, I would like to have him, but is that the Steelers? No, probably not. But yeah, Man, I, I, you know, I, we, we couldn't be more happy about getting the Outback Bowl. That is, that's the best we could have hoped for. Uh, and against an Arkansas team who I think Penn State could beat. I really do. Arkansas doesn't have a Jahan Dotson on their team. And I think Jahan Dotson is going to play. I haven't heard anything otherwise. So, Awesome. We can talk about that too, but yeah, that's great news. Um, I haven't seen it on ESPN yet. Dude, what is it? What is ESPN doing? Why don't they have the, the bowl games up? Uh, they must just be a little bit late. They're, they're probably still, they're probably still just going crazy over the college football playoffs. They're stuff. talking they about have, Miami have, right now. They have the rights to those games. I think it might, uh, I think Miami's getting close to hiring Mario Cristobal away from yeah, Oregon. I think that's what they're Report, talking about. Reportedly. Yeah. Um, so here's the deal with the Outback Bowl. Uh, Ticketmaster doesn't doesn't look like there's much nuance here. Basically, you're looking for best seats available, and it looks like all tickets that are not club seats are eighty bucks a piece. Really? Yep. That's that's what I'm seeing right now. They're probably gonna sell so, out soon. Yeah, it looks like there. I mean, there's a couple good good seats here in kind of like the lower bowl. Um, they're kind of towards the end zone already. All the all the well, there are there are some that are up high um, that are that are still available, kind of towards the fifty. I'd probably I'd probably just sit up high, to be honest with you, just to get the the better the better overall view of the field and be a little bit closer and kind of be towards the end zone. I think it would just be well, Austin. We can we can talk more about that, but if there's any way we could possibly sit close to each other, you know, we could do an episode if we're if we go down there to that game, we yeah. could do an episode from down there also. You know, so. Yeah, well, um, yeah. Well, what? Watch McCall. Well, I'll probably talk to uh, some some other of our our, our mutual uh, co-conspirators. We'll call them uh, and see kind of what what they're doing and what their plans are. Maybe maybe uh, we'll get get a little group and see see what's what and fi- figure well, this thing out. How does it work at bowl games? Can you just do you? Is it possible for us to get seats near each other, or how does that work? Because I've never been to a bowl game, so. Yeah, so it looks like here. So basically, what you do is you you would just come in here and you'd pick your you'd pick your section, um, and then it looks like you can go row by row, and then it looks like you can you should be able to. Yeah, there you go. So like you click the row, 
And then you can, you can literally, there's little blue dots that kind of has what seats are available in the row and you can just click the little blue dots. So if you want two right next to each other, you just pick whatever section okay. 311 row F seat 1415, boom. And then that's, that's it. You just buy them at the same time and then, you know, you're, you're good to go. It looks like there are some, there are a decent amount of pretty decent tickets, albeit they're, they're high, but they're, you know, literally right at between, between uh, the 40, the forties. Um, so pretty good uh, visibility from, from that perspective. So uh, definitely looking at this, definitely, definitely chat with some other folks and kind of see, see what they're thinking about. And maybe we can get a little, little group um, mm-hmm. kind of all sit, sit together and just kind of, you know, enjoy the, enjoy the nice weather and all that kind of stuff for, for a little bit. Um, so the blue is available. Yep. The blue is available. The, the solid blue is available. How the hell, is it, how are they already that, how is there that, how's, I mean, there's not a lot of, a lot of, a lot of uh, selections there. Yeah. So, so the, the big thing to remember too, is a lot of the very good seats between the forties in that first row. So, right. So we're talking probably one ten and one eleven. Yeah. Uh, those rows, um, a lot of those seats are going to be reserved for uh, players, families, and stuff. Okay. So, so they might they might not actually be sold, but they are pre-purchased and mm-hmm. reserved by the university, right? For student athlete uh, families and stuff. Um, and again, there there are some allocated um, ones that are for like season ticket holders that are all that are already pre-reserved by the university for just season ticket holders. I so you. I'll have to I'll have to find out where those seats are and kind of what those costs are and all that kind of stuff. So, well, it looks like this just opened up too. There's two club seats left. <laughs> now the club seats the club seats are 170 bucks a piece. Oh, geez, that's not bad at all. It's, yeah, it's really not too, really not too bad. And again, the, the club seats are the club seats are pretty nice too. But uh, but yeah, definitely definitely reach out to some folks and, and figure out a, a plan of action okay. for that. Maybe maybe uh, maybe we'll go go to that one. Yeah, let me know because there's there's yeah. some close seats too, and they're eighty bucks. So yeah, they're not bad. Yeah, they're they're not bad at all. So definitely definitely something to uh, to consider and think about there. So try to uh, get that ironed out uh, expeditiously. Uh, but but there you have it, folks. Penn State is going to the Outback Bowl, so I'm happy with that. I think Mark's pretty happy with that as well, yep. um, and all that kind of stuff to take on a, a pretty solid Arkansas team out of the SEC. Um, so good matchup and a good opportunity to put a positive stamp on the season, get to eight wins, start getting some good positive momentum, and as we spoke about last time, get those additional practices in a very pleasant weather area. <laughs> um, yep. So hopefully we can make that productive and maybe a little side benefit. I don't exactly, I'm not exactly sure. It might be a dead period. I don't know how much it could possibly be done. Um, but at the very least, a lot of their Floridian targets um, might even be able to come to this game Yep. and watch the team play. I'm so sure again, uh, recruiting never stops. Um it, there's only there's only slight lulls in the action. It is a it is a uh, it is a 12 month um, operation. So good opportunity um, for some for some Florida folks that maybe Penn State's looking at to um, to, to check them out and, and all that kind of stuff. And if if I remember correctly, 
uh, Tampa is like super, super, super close to IMG Academy. Mm-hmm. IMG Academy is like damn near in Tampa. So, and, and, you know, as, as we know, and we've talked about before, uh, they, um, that's basically like a, like a charter university, like the tuition yep. to have your kid go there is like tens of thousands of dollars. It's very expensive. It's like going to college. Um, KJ Hamler. But again, KJ Hamler's from IMG. Yeah, it, it's basically you pay and your kid goes, and, yeah, your kid goes and, and plays on basically an all-star team of, you know, basically but blue chippers. Um, they always just have crazy, crazy players and, and they play a national schedule. So their strength of schedule is always very good. The level of competition is the highest it can possibly be um, and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's always a, that's always a nice, a nice side benefit of uh, getting down there for a Florida bowl. So I'm happy. I'm happy yep. with this. Um, I can't complain too much. Um, so we'll see how that, we'll see how that shakes out. Um, and, and as always, no new information yet as far as the defense coordinator search um, and all that kind of stuff. But we will we will keep you up to date as we learn more. Um, yeah. Like I said, keep that keep that target, uh, keep that target date of maybe like December 10th to December 12th, um, you know, kind of in, in, in the back of your mind, not concrete by any means. But James Franklin's history um, and track record seems to show that he's he's pretty quick on the turnaround with replacing guys and getting the staff set um and and largely that's for a number of reasons one especially in a season like this when the coaching carousel is as wonky as it is you want to lock down your guy before someone else does yep um additionally you want them to get on board as quickly as possible so they can throw on that penn state polo and get out on the recruiting trail and start meeting recruits um, and all that exactly. kind of stuff. And also uh, bringing their knowledge from their previous institution on on players and who they were targeting before. And maybe that is going to adjust Penn State's board a little bit as well. Um, so you know, a lot of a lot of things that that are that go into it. But I would expect James Franklin to make a, a pretty swift uh, decision there. Well, I'm looking at class of 2024, which is out already. Uh, Desmond Ricks, which I think I think you might have mentioned him before, Austin. IMG Academy, Bradenton, Florida, number two overall player in the class of 2024, cornerback, 6'1", 174 star, number one corner, number two player nationally right now from IMG. Uh, Ellis Robinson, the fourth. He's from New Rochelle, New York, fourth overall player at corner, number two in his position four-star guy. So like Austin just said, those are two guys that Penn State possibly is looking at, especially the guy from New York, the guy from IMG, that maybe they're looking to, hey, come to this game. We're in Tampa. You know, so that uh, getting an Outback Bowl is extremely important um, because location, uh, Quality of the bull, the payout. I think Penn State might have six million dollars coming their way here on the first because I just I think they're going to beat Arkansas. I I really hope they do. I think they're the I think Penn State is the better team for sure. I, honestly, I don't know a ton about Arkansas, but I do think that Penn State is a better team than them for sure. Um, so that's that's good to see. It, it's you know I couldn't be happier about the bull. They didn't deserve to get that, but they did. Thank God. So, 
more, more, uh, you know, more, more with that as the recruiting and trying to pull in the guys that they can. I mean, this kid's from New York, Ellis Robinson, the fourth, two cornerbacks right there. That's huge positions that Penn state could use for sure. So it's, and there's a wide receiver from, uh, Virginia, uh, Saquon, Pat- Saquon Patterson, he's an athlete, um, but that he he's probably a receiver, defensive back type player, six foot, 165. Uh, he's the number two athlete in the class, number 12 overall. So then there's another player, wide receiver, uh, Zy Carl Lewis, 5'10", 160. He's from Tampa, Florida, number 13 overall player, number four in his position at wide receiver. Uh is he watching Penn State on the first? Probably, yeah. He probably is. He might be at the game. So, but uh, come on, what 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 better what better things do you have to do? Go to powerhouse gym, get a workout in, but you can do that before <laughs> the game. Oh man, I I think I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to verbally lie to myself a little bit. Sometimes when I was watching some of these games this year, I, I was wishing I was doing anything else, but. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to ride with them and, and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, you know, give it a shot here and, and, and see what shakes out. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll be there. Maybe we'll watch it on TV uh, yet to be determined, but Tampa is a pretty, uh, that's a pretty alluring place to, to get away, get away to for, for a couple of days and, and have a yeah. good time. So, so yeah, we'll I see. Mind it. Plus, like I said, I'm, that's where you want to go. I'm planning on moving there, so wouldn't hurt look to at, uh, look at houses. Wouldn't hurt to take another visit. Absolutely. So, yeah. Overall, um, overall pleased. Yeah. So happy with the bull top four. I'm not happy about it, but they they did what they did. They're going to do what they're going to do. I hope Michigan wins. I hope Michigan goes to the national title. I think Michigan has a decent shot against Georgia and. You know, that's it is what it is. I think uh, Alabama probably blows out Cincinnati. If they blow out Notre Dame, they're probably blown out Cincinnati. But you don't know, man. You, you just don't know. You really don't know. That's what makes the playoff so great. You don't know what an undefeated Cincinnati can do against a real team because they really haven't played a real team. Um, so, yeah, that's it is what it is, man. That's uh, that, that's what that's what the top four is, Austin. Um I was going to do a impromptu yes or no. Uh, I have a couple for you. And if you can, just think of a couple for me. Uh, I'll probably do two or three for you. And then you just do like one or two for me, whatever you want. Sure. Um, and then that's where we can end today's show. And, uh, you know, we will be back again next week to talk more about this. Uh, but we just wanted to get this special episode out because it's the day of. And we just got Penn State's bowl in real time. So. Uh, Austin, first question for me from me, and I don't know how much you know about Arkansas, but do you think Penn State wins against Arkansas? Um, based upon talent and scheme and matchup and all that kind of stuff, yeah, they they should win. They should probably win by ten or fourteen points. Yeah, um, I feel like I, I'm. Feel like I'm a broken record. I feel like I've said that multiple times this season, and they and they and they they've lost the game. Um, you know, the the only the only game that I picked them to lose was Ohio State. That's the only that's the only that's the only game I picked them to lose all season long. And and frankly, they had an opportunity to win every game, yeah, including that one. Um, so. 
they're going to be in the game. They're not going to go in and get blown out. Um, the, the, you know, no, no one blows them out. It, they, they don't, they don't get blown out again, five losses by 21 points. They're in every game. So w- will they, will they put things together? Um, yeah, I, I think they'll, they'll probably come out and they'll, they'll play pretty well. Um, I think all yep. those extra practices will be helpful. Um, so yeah, I would say, I would say Penn state, um, you know, by 10, 10 points. Yep. 10 points. Yeah. I, and Austin said, yes, I agree. My answer is yes too. Defense is too good for Penn State. Uh, play Vayu, we're definitely going to win. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they got yeah. The defense is too good for Penn State. I think the offense does enough, and yeah, I think they win by seven to ten points. Um, I just hope that the line protects Clifford and Clifford can uh, protect the ball. And hey, why not give us? Uh, Give it, give us a, uh, give us a Christmas present and uh, get a run game going. Why not? You know, start, start the new year off and on the right get, foot. Get John Lovett five hundred yards and five touchdowns. Why not? <laughs> just do it now. You know, yeah, yeah. Just chalk it. Lock that in. Write write that up and uh, and lock it in. That's all right, Austin. Um, second one. We already talked about Georgia, Michigan spreads, Cincinnati, Alabama. Who's playing in the national championship, realistically? Realistically? Um, man, uh, as much as it pains me to say this, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to go with a rematch, Alabama and Georgia. Yeah. Um, I, think the, I think the loss that Georgia received by Alabama and the fact that it was, it was pretty convincing, I think, and they got, they got beat up. They got beat up and pushed around on defense, which is which they're just not accustomed to um, at all this year. Um, I think that's going to really whip them into in, into shape. I think they're going to be really um, raring to go. I think they're going to I think they're going to come out um, with really something to prove. And that's not to say that Michigan isn't. Um, I mean, people have been talking down on Michigan for years, myself included. Um, and, and frankly, yeah. Why why wouldn't you? <laughs> times it was warranted uh, yeah well again you know the, the offense just wasn't wasn't there their defense was always pretty good was always pretty solid um until they played you know us a couple of times and then they played ohio state and they just get you know blown they just get the doors blown off um but but yeah i i, I think i think it's a good game i think it's a close game um, maybe decided, not decided by more than 10 points i, I think it's definitely within within a 10 point spread uh, I think it's a good, hard-nosed, hard-fought football game. I think Georgia just makes a couple more plays. I think Michigan makes just maybe one or two mistakes as far as turning the ball over. And I think Georgia uh, will capitalize and, and come away with a with a uh, relatively small margin uh, win. Yeah. He, so realistically, for me, and. With this, for for the first thing I'm going to say, tiny bit of bias, tiny bit of bias, but it's Alabama and Michigan for me. And with more bias, I think it's possible that Michigan wins the national championship. I think that defense is a little underrated. To be honest, I think Michigan and Aiden Hutchinson can compete with the best. I think Michigan beats Georgia, and I think it's possible they beat Alabama. But 
if Michigan and Alabama make the national title, Alabama probably wins, but it's probably a lot closer than people think. But I think that Michigan defense, I think they can play against anybody. So I'm going to go with Michigan and Alabama in the national title, and Alabama most likely wins that game. But that's my pick. Uh, yeah. No, I think I think that's I think that's a fair pick. I, I, like I said, I, I think I think that's almost a toss up. I don't think either team wins by more than ten points. I, I think it's I think it's a close, hard nosed, gritty football game. For Cincinnati and Michigan, you think they're um, both I, close? I I think I think Michigan and Georgia play very tight within within 10 points pretty much the whole game uh i do think alabama will probably pull away uh from cincinnati in probably the fourth quarter uh i just think the physicality um and the overall athleticism is gonna is gonna rear up and kind of um you know kind of put that one to rest i think alabama probably probably wins by maybe 17 points when it's all said and done um but i do I, i do think as far as that over under, I think you said it was in the fifties. Um, I probably take, yeah, man, I probably take the over, man. I really would. I think, I think Cincinnati will score points. I think they they are good for at least probably twenty one to twenty four points. Okay, and I think Alabama is probably right. good for thirty eight, forty five, okay. somewhere in there, probably. Um, you know, some somewhere in that range, if I had to gauge it um, right now. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the Alabama defense is not – they're not standout by any means. I mean, they played against a backup quarterback last night. Um, and, again, Michigan against Alabama's O-line, I just think that it's possible that they win. But, yeah, the, the, you know, those are my picks. Uh, you know, I, I asked Austin about the playoff and Penn State. You got our answers and my picks for the playoff for the top four, the college football playoff. Alabama covers the spread, 13 and a half. Get your bets in now. I think the under hits for that game. And uh, Michigan, I think, covers the spread against Georgia. Maybe even take Michigan money line. Uh, but yeah, those those are my picks. Um, Austin, do you have any questions for me? What one tweet that I did see last night, Austin, that was <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, I thought I retweeted it, but I didn't. Uh, this one girl said uh, Big Ten West teams need to they need to stop letting Big Ten West teams into the uh, Big Ten championship. <laughs> yeah, so somebody did complain about that as far as um, fixing fixing that. And again, that, that's going to have to come from the conference. Um, I, I do think you probably have to do a little bit of a conference realignment because the, the Big Ten East is far and away better. Um, like it, it's not even close. Um, yeah, it's not. Yeah. So that's got to come from the conference. Yeah. Um, they have to do some kind of a realignment and, and whatever. Just make. I yeah. But the the problem with this is again it 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 <laughs> it perpetuates a larger problem, which means there needs to be the Power Five conferences have to come together and they have to designate specific rules. Because, again, we have the SEC playing eight conference games. We have the Big Ten, and I think the Pac-12 playing nine. Like, everyone's doing their own thing. We, yeah. we, we need some uniformity, and we need to standardize some things um, so it's a level playing field across, across all the conferences. And that's why I hesitate to say, well, we need to do the realignment now. 
we have to we have to address those things across the board across all conferences first and then we can maybe do some realignment stuff because then the conference games have to be set for the most part because obviously there's some there's some extra considerations like Michigan and Ohio State uh, yeah. they have to play every year you know like yeah and they have to <laughs> yeah I, I get it I get the lineup because even Penn State they have rival rivalries with Michigan and Ohio State yeah and Michigan State so absolutely absolutely because Michigan has or I'm sorry Michigan or Penn State and Michigan State they have their their rivalry trophy uh but yeah something I think they need to expand the Big Ten. Um, they need to add like West Virginia, Notre Dame, teams like that. I think if you put um, if you put a, even a Notre Dame in the West, it's more competitive. Um, I, I think the only answer to that is expanding the Big Ten because I just don't think they're going to move any of those East teams. They they really can't. You know, they really can't because. Unless they designate like a, um, unless they designate like whatever, let's say, again, I'm just pulling this out of nothing. Let's just say they designate Michigan and Michigan State, you're going to go to the West and then we're going to move two teams yeah. to the East or something like that. But then it's all, it's automatically stipulated that Michigan and Ohio State is the mandatory crossover. Yeah. It would have that, to that, be. That, that never changes. It would have to be. You know, you, you could do something like that and, and, and whatever. And then you, Penn State, Michigan State, you could man, you mandate that as the crossover. But then you would miss a, a matchup like Penn State, Michigan every year. Right. Now, I, again, from a fan perspective and a college football perspective, that would hurt you. Now, yeah. the argument would be it would also make it easier to get through your schedule unscathed because Michigan is a good football team. Um, and, and they're always a pretty solid football team. Um, so it, it, it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of six in one hand, half dozen in the other. Like what, what do you do when you, when yeah. you th- there's going to be give and take you're, 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 oh, you're probably never, you're probably never going to have a realignment where you don't lose anything. There's always, there's probably going to be something that's going to have to get removed a matchup that's going to not be consistent every year. Um, yeah, Penn State would always need a elite out of conference whiteout game because there's no way in hell Michigan State and Iowa every year is going to be the whiteout game that it is right now. It, it just can't be. So <clears throat> Penn State always has options for the whiteout game, but yeah that's the thing and you know these are contracts when Penn State's playing Pitt when they're playing Auburn when they're playing Virginia Virginia Tech you know last year they were supposed to play Virginia Tech and they didn't those are contracts so you need contracts with teams like you know if Alabama if Alabama played Penn State for the whiteout game those are contracts and they're not easy to come by I mean Alabama's schedule they always have very very shitty out of conference games, except for like the first game, but yeah, there's a lot of moving parts there, and we understand why they're lined up the way they are. But that's 
that's just the way it is right now. I think it's going to come down to a Big Ten expansion. That's what's going to have to happen. The SEC is expanding. Uh, I think the Big 12 is probably not going to exist. The, the Pac-12 is expanding, I believe. Um, so but that, that's the thing. Lincoln Riley being at USC, I think. Well, I'm trying, I'm trying to think. I think the Big 12 is adding four teams, I think. Yeah, but it, it's going to be. Adding- they're not going to be the. Um, they're not they're, going. They're to not going to have a, the power. That absolutely they did with not. Oklahoma and Tech. Absolutely not. I, I I agree, but I think they are bringing in some pretty good teams. Like they're bringing in, they're bringing in Cincinnati. They're bringing in Houston. They're bringing in, I think BYU, and I want to say Boise State. I don't. I, I don't know who the fourth one is. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, they 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 just went to like the ACC of conferences. Yeah, they just they just pulled a bunch of. Uh, oh, sorry, not not. Um, sorry, not. Uh, who the heck did I say last? Boise State, not Boise State. It's uh, UCF. So it, they're bringing in uh, BYU, Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati. Um, so I think. Honestly, that that's that's pretty that's pretty those are pretty solid additions. Those are pretty good football teams. Again, they don't have the brand power um, of Oklahoma and Texas. Um, it's just not even, frankly, it's just it's not even close. Which is going to massively hurt their their media their television contract um, because you need brands. <laughs> um, so. As as much as those teams are really quality football teams, they're they're not the brands, and they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to get the uh, the money that they could with Oklahoma and Texas. That's and, and and again, it's the rich get richer. The SEC, while they add those brands, I don't even. I mean, I can't even speculate on how much that that SEC television contract is going to be between them and ESPN. It's going to be it's going to be astronomical. Um, it's just going to be totally bonkers when that number comes out. Right. So, you know, that's something to think about there, but from, from my end, as far as yes or no, uh, I do have, uh, I will lead off with one. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do another one um, as we're kind of, as we're kind of ruminating here a little bit. My question is this. When Penn state takes the field, against Arkansas in the Outback Bowl. Are these your questions? Yeah, this is my question. Okay. And for yes or no, Christian Vayu will start at quarterback. I mean, I hope so, yes, but realistically, no, unfortunately. Um, I think, unfortunately, this is one of those situations where Franklin um, – for once in his career is slightly playing politics. I think he is just playing Clifford because he's been the long time starter. Are we better with Vayu? Yes, we are. But Clifford's been playing for like 20 years. So, um, so he, here's my thought. Here's my thought on that. And I, I think this is a very reasonable possibility. What if, Sean Clifford and James Franklin sit down, they have the conversation and they iron out the details that Sean's not going to come back next year. Yeah. I, you have to play Bayou. 
You should. You have to. You have to play him. He's. I. I, I love him. I, I would rather have, have a bad to. game out of him than a bad game out of Clifford. Or you have to at least give him the second half. You have to give him. You have to give him at least a half, because again, that's. Again, you you want to win the game. Don't don't. I'm not I'm not saying you don't want to win. Everybody's a competitor. You want to win the game. Of course, you want to win. That's first and foremost the objective. However, with all the extra ball practices and the attrition that you're going to have on your football team with guys leaving or going to the draft or just graduating or whatever, you have to get meaningful repetitions to the guys that are the next men up. You have to. If you don't, I think it's very foolish. So if that conversation's had and the conclusion is Sean Clifford is not coming back to Penn State next season, I think you have to play him. I would start him if that's the case. I would start him. Yep. Um, because here's the thing. I, I don't I don't really think you lose much, if anything. Um, you lose you lose some experience. And maybe you lose a little bit of, of maybe diagnosing defensive shifts and disguises and that kind of thing. Um, but as far as like arm talent and capability and even like mobility, you don't lose anything with Christian. No, you don't lose anything. Um, and, and frankly, just like like what we talked about, I think Vayu operates within the pocket better. Um, so, you know, you, you gain a little bit there as far as wanting to throw the ball down the field. He, if he can if he can traverse the pocket and, and, and buy a little bit extra time, that's just more opportunities for, you know, and I assume Dotson will play. I don't know. We'll see. But um, that, that gives your receivers and your tight ends opportunities down the field. Uh, an extra half a second is sometimes the difference between a big play and a sack or nothing. Um, so, you know, it's always, it's always a game of inches and milliseconds. So I think that's, that's kind of what, what you're looking for here. Um, yeah. And well, I guess, secondly, you, you can go ahead uh, while I'm, while I'm formulating here. Do I think he should start? Yes. But the reason he doesn't is his, uh, his only real game was against Rutgers. Um, Clifford has tons of experience and I just, if value plays and we don't do well, then Franklin takes the heat for not playing Clifford. Uh, does Clifford deserve to start in that bowl game? No, he doesn't. Um, the close losses to Michigan and Ohio state weren't because of Sean Clifford. They re they were because of the defense. Sean Clifford lost those games, you know, like, Coaches lose games, players win games. Like, I, I you know, yes, I did say that, and, and I, that, that still stands. But in those particular games, like, Clifford didn't do what he should have done to win those games. The defense I mean, did their part. Well, I mean, you you literally spotted Ohio State six points off, off the fumble recovery, off that strip sack return for a touchdown. You, you directly spotted them six points, and you lost by nine points. And you had the ball at the end. They should have oh. lost by more. They gave up 21 points to Michigan, who put up 42 on Ohio State, and they lost by nine to Ohio State, and they lost by nine because they the defense only gave them field goals. Um, so, yeah. again, Clifford, Clifford lost those games. The coaches lost the Michigan State game. But, yeah, it's the defense 
like you said, they, uh, the offense owes them a big thank you um, because if it weren't for this defense, man, we're playing in, we're playing against like Baylor in the independence bowl or something like we're not, we're playing against a Juco team. Yeah. So in, in all reality, if, if it was not for this defense, I don't know if Penn state would have got six wins. Probably not. No, because without this defense, they don't beat Wisconsin in the first game. They probably don't beat Auburn either. And they probably don't beat Auburn. So, if everything else transpired as it did and you lost those two games, that's an under 500 record. Yeah. That's a that's five, a and, five seven. and seven season. It's a five and seven um, season right there. Yeah. So, they may not beat Indiana either. You don't know. I mean, it's very possible. Again, the offense struggled there. Um, the, the offense struggled early against Ball State, for God's sake. I mean, like, you know, I, I, I think they still win. I still, still, I still think they win that game. But, like, again, so much speculation as far as what would have transpired without the defense, you know, playing clamped down and, you know, and end the year by giving up averaging, you know, 16 and a half points or something on average giving up. Like, if your defense is that stout and – Here's the thing in college football in this day and age, especially at Penn state with the athletes they bring in, if your defense gives up less than 28 points, you should win because reasonably in a spread offense, especially with, with the athletes, the athleticism that they have a coordinator like Yersich, you should be averaging over 30 points. Yeah, easily. So, Again, the defense doesn't even need to be – it doesn't need to be Georgia where before the title game they were, they were averaging giving up six and a half points a game. You don't need to be that. All you have to do is give up fewer points than what you score. That's yep. it. So, you know, there needs to be work on the offense. And, and particularly, like, like like you said, I don't think it's – I don't think it's a Yersich problem. I really don't think it's that much of a Franklin problem. I think it's it it it's unfortunately what it has been. It's an offensive line problem. They can't run. They can't block. They, they just it's hard to do anything on offense when you can't when you can't run the ball at all and you can't block and you can't convert. You can't convert only when there's one yard to go on two tries and like it just. You, you, can't it's hard man it's well, hard when you can't do those things stout let us down too a lot so oh yeah under 70 percent field now now here's now and and again just to echo what i said last week that was on franklin and lorig because they should have taken that responsibility from him after like game three because well, wasn't there the rumor that uh, uh i think pinnegar was hurt yeah at but... some point in the year but he wasn't hurt the whole time. No way. I don't think so. No, no way. Because I, I remember it was three or four or no, maybe longer than that. It might have been before like game eight. Uh, a member of the media. I think it might have been. It might. I, I'm not sure. It, it might have been Greg Pickle, Blue White Illustrated. They asked Franklin, one of the practice uh, post post or post practice pressers. They asked directly about Pinnegar and he said, no, he, he he's he's not hurt. He was available. 
So that tells me at least for the last four games, he was available. He should have been taking short field goals and at, at minimum extra point duty. And it, it's just so it, – that's just so – that's that's on them. That's on the coaches for sure. Well, because yeah, it was kind of like the Hakeem Beeman situation. I've been around him a couple of times. I never asked him straight up. Uh, I heard but, I heard through the grapevine that that had nothing to do with football and everything to do with academic eligibility. Okay. That's what I heard. Okay. From a pretty reliable source. Well, I'll say this. Uh just being that I do ride share in state college. Uh, I've given him a couple of rides, nice kid. But every time I dropped him off, it was at the academic center. So that, that, little, that's little, kinda... little inside information there, but yeah, yeah. it, it yeah. was always, I've dropped him off there three or four times at the academic center. So I'm sure. Well, here, well here's, here's the thing. So again, that, that kind of jives with what, with what I'm saying here as well. Um, but from what you're saying, it does look like he's trying his damnest to, to get that together. So props well, he, to him. I, I hope he does. He, he, I'm sure he had to. I'm sure he had to put in extra study hall work. Um, and that's the thing. At, that, at a place like that, they, they have IDs. Standards they are have high. check-in yeah. times. Yep. They're pretty much clocking in and clocking out. So yep. he yep. has to be there. He can't be studying at his apartment or something like that. Yep. Um, and that's... Well, and, and that and that kind of harkens back to uh, a previous podcast that we did when we talked to uh, when we talked to Greg about the transition just from from uh, from just being a, a student, not even adding in the athlete part of the transition you have to make because you know it's not it's not like high school. People aren't holding your hands like you're no. not getting special treatment. You you ha- you either do or you do not. Um, get, get what you're supposed to be doing done. Um, but it, it sounds like uh, from both of our, our collective, uh, intelligence gathering, it seems like we're, we're probably on the right track there. And it does seem like he's, he's, you know, putting in the work and the effort, um, hopefully voluntarily as well as mandatorily <laughs> from, from the coaching staff. Yeah. But, um, it seems like he's putting in that work. So, you know, props to him, uh, for, for the effort, uh, on, on doing that. And I hope, I hope everything turns out well, um, and I hope I hope everything gets addressed there, so he's eligible to play next season. Yeah, because um, I don't know if we talked about it on the show very early on, but I was high on him coming out of yeah. coming out of camp, and and they talked him up a lot. Yeah, and there's usually a good reason for it, so I do think he's a good player. He kind of reminds me of like a Kevin Givens type, little bit undersized, but good power, good quickness on the inside. A, you know, a really, a really uh, able-bodied like three tech. So, you know, I, I do think he has a lot of upside as a football player and hopefully those academic things can get, uh, can get sorted out and we can, we can see what he can do on the field. Yeah. He's like, he, he, he's a big boy, but for, you know, he is undersized for being a defensive lineman for sure. I, I think, um, let me look at his size again. I think him and I are pretty much the same size um, just well, being around he- him. And here's the other thing too. 6'3, 259. So he's a little taller than me, but we're about the same weight. So so and he, here's the other thing with that. How good would have it been to have him and to have obviously PJ Mustafer too? Yeah. Uh again against Illinois when they rolled out that like seven offensive lineman package. You throw you throw a guy like Beeman, who's like if that weight is current. 
he's probably like a very average to, you know, pretty normal size D end, but he plays D tackle. So he's got the power of a D tackle. Stick him at end, put in like a, like a, like a heavy, a heavy D line package, stick him at end. You know, you can keep a guy like Luketa in uh, at the other end spot. And then you, you, you put in your tackles, kind of like a heavy package. Um, man, I think he would have been helpful. I think he yeah, would have been really useful for sure. in that football game. Um, looking back. Yep. Um, so, you know, again, there's, there's a lot of, there's always moving parts and, and that's something that we don't factor into either. It's not just injuries. It's making sure you're, you're up to par on what you have to be accomplishing academically to stay eligible and all that kind of stuff. And, and I know, I think it's similar under Franklin, but I know under Paterno, their in-house um, threshold um, for like GPA academics wise is actually higher than the, the NCAA minimum for eligibility. Yeah. Yeah. I think that has been maintained. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but Franklin with the way he talks about things and everything else, um, it, I, I bet that sh- that would not shock me if it, if that was kept in place, that well, little bit is, of a higher standard. What is that? Do you know? I think it's 2.5. Okay. I think yeah, it's 2.5. 2.5. Did you have a minimum GPA? Did I have a minimum GPA? I had a, I had a minimum, a uh, minimum major GPA. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. See, that's the thing is what is it at NCAA? Is it 2.5? I thought it was like 2.0. Let me, let me double. Uh, sorry, not 2.5. It's 2.3. Okay. I'm sure Penn state is probably, oh man, I would say anywhere between 2.5 and 2.8. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of, I was kind of thinking right around two point eight. To, to be honest, but that's with you. the thing about some majors is minimum GPA is three point I'm pretty sure some majors are also three point five. So yeah, some are very like some are some are extremely competitive. You're correct. Yeah. Well, for mine, my, I was journalism. Mine was two point That, but it's journalism. You know what I mean? Mine was much higher than that, uh, personally. But like, that's the thing about, you know team requirement which makes sense probably 2.5 2.8 it's probably 2.5 2.8 is kind of high um but it's probably 2.5 but if your major is 3.0 it's higher 3.0. than 2. <laughs> yeah. you're not getting on the you're not staying on the team with a 2.6 unless you're switch unless you're switching majors yeah exactly so i mean yep. that's why i think that's why a lot of the athletes are either comm majors or they're kinese majors I had I had class with <laughs> I had a uh, class with all the good looking athlete girls uh, in Kenise, and I had class with all the other good looking girls because they were all trying to be reporters. So <laughs> I had class with like every good looking girl on campus because they were all 2.0 pretty much minimum GPA guys. Uh, well, girls. Yeah, but see, well, that that's the, see that's your presumption, Mark. The fact was, <laughs> you, you had all these classes with all these people because you were there. They were following you. That's yeah, what that's it was. right. Well, that, that I, I don't blame them. You know, <laughs> I don't blame them. But yeah, I I mean, I remember I had classes with uh, calm classes with some of the some of these girls, and I mean, they were uh, they they were literally working for like Big Ten Network, ESPN. And they were the best looking girls on the entire campus. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you're trying to be reporters. Um, but, yeah, that's just – yeah, that's just kind of how it was. But Because I know Saquon Barkley, he was like a broadcast journalism major, you know. Um, I had I had classes with <laughs> – it's funny because I had a lot of classes, like, 
gen ed classes that were like math 21 with like football and basketball players. And that's because they were like me, they sucked at math and, you know, they were just trying to get an easy, good grade because otherwise Joe would have kicked them off. The, like, I remember I had class with Kari Fort. I think I told you this story, but yeah, my yeah. first, yeah, my first college class, I was sitting against the wall at the desk and uh, I was just looking down. I think I was writing something and all of a sudden like this large mammoth of a person sits down right next to me and I just like look to my left and then I look up and it's Kari Fort. He was the largest human being I've ever seen in my life. I was like, I didn't even know human beings could get that big. And he just like looked at me. He, he was like, how's it going? I was like, good. He was like, you bad at math too? I was like, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I am a freshman, but yeah, I'm bad at math. He was like, yeah, me too. But I think he was like a senior at the time. No, junior. Junior, I think. <laughs> but <laughs> it was just funny because. You know, it, that's like one of the, it's one of those things where. I was pretty decent at math. Uh, well, yeah, you would have well, to be. You're a nutrition one, major. Well, but once we, once we dove into, I, I was originally a bio major, and I remember uh, oh, once we one now now what's mandated, and I understand why. I, I I get fundamentally why, but the requirement for bio is actually getting through all the way through calculus two. And if you've never taken it, you don't know. But calculus two is horrible. Yeah, um, it is. And that, and that's one of that. And again, that wasn't the main reason, but that was one of the things because I, I was already considering nutrition and all this kind of stuff. And that, um, that wasn't a requirement for nutrition. So it was kind of like a cherry on top because I hated that class. I thought it was terrible. Um, my 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 mind just doesn't conceptualize that type of math um all the other stuff yeah. i never i never really had issues with with you know algebra or trigonometry or geometry or even calculus one calculus two kind of kind of broke me a little bit broke my spirits a little bit as far as the, the my, my my mathematical career um and that kind of stuff so um you know uh, bless all the uh all the engineers out there that that waltzed through that and, and had to you know do all the integrations and, and all that yeah. kind of stuff um, and I understand it with, with basically what the point of doing that stuff is, but it, for me personally, it's more so, can you read area under the curve from a statistics perspective? And you can just learn that in, in statistics. <laughs> you don't need to know how to actually calculate the area under the curve. Yeah. You can just read it in the statistical graph. Um, so, you know, kind of, kind of a little tangent, but, um, but well, yeah, yeah ma math is, math is a language that I just don't understand. You know, it really is. I just, I never, I, dude, I was never good at math I'm, and I'm, I'm it's good with English. It's funny. Cause, uh, the one girl that I had a lot of classes with, um, I'm not going to say her name, but, uh, we both, we studied a lot together because we both just struggled with some of the math classes and some of the other classes that we had. Um, and she was in Playboy, I believe it was my freshman year. She was in Playboy and, uh, yeah, we just, we, we were always studying together and stuff. Like I knew her, I knew her, I was pretty close with her. The good, the good, the good times, uh, for any, for any of you folks that, uh, totally lost track of things as we went off the rails there, uh, <laughs> speaking of, speaking of, uh, the good old days, um, uh, final yes or no question. This will be pretty simple for you. I know you already gave your picks. Um, yes or no, 
Alabama and Nick Saban raise that national championship trophy once more? Most likely, yeah. I think probably. I would like to see Michigan beat them, and I think they can. But realistically, yeah, um, I don't think Georgia's beating them. So let's be if, for if, real. If Georgia gets in, they're 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 just they're not beating Alabama. I don't think. Um, I agree. I agree. And this and, is also this is a, this is a, we'll we'll parlay this into a third yes or no. Third yes or no is this: America's team in the playoff is Cincinnati, right? It's got to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, they. Yeah, they. That's uh, Cincinnati deserves to get in. I mean, are are you asking me? What are you asking me there? I'm I'm just asking you that if if you if you took a poll of America, probably the majority of folks, if 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 they could select the winner, they'd probably pick Cincinnati. Well, yeah, they'd probably pick Cincinnati, but I think more than anything, people are picking Michigan because at least Michigan has a shot. You know, I think. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. I think. I, I think everybody's I think, a Michigan fan right now. Well, here's the thing, too, and and Michigan does kind of fall into the same category as Cincinnati because they have this. It's not even really a stigma. It's kind of just a fact. They're they're the they're the underdogs in the playoff, and every everybody loves a good underdog, right? Everyone loves a great underdog story of an underdog overcoming and 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 beating the you know, beating the favorite, um, you know, parlay that and combine that with um, the Alabama fatigue and the, the SEC fatigue with Georgia in there as well, again, and all this kind of stuff. I think, I think you're going to have, you know, from, from a desire perspective, people want to see a Cincinnati, Michigan national national title game. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome. Personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't yeah. think it's going to happen, but I think that would be freaking awesome. Yeah, uh, realistically, I think it's Alabama that ultimately wins. And, you know, that's uh, happened before. Alabama faces some adversity and they end up winning it all. Uh, you know, and people forget. I mean, it's not that big of a uh, point to be making, but the Alabama dynasty started after they beat Penn State at home uh, in the whiteout game in 2011. That's when they had already won a national title, but that's when the Alabama dynasty was really taken off. They've been dominant for that long. So they won the 2010 national championship. They've been dominant for that long. They've been dominant for 12 years now. You and remember what you remember what happened on the uh, on that that first drive for Alabama? Might even been the first play. Yeah, yeah. Devin still. Blew yeah, they, up, they, uh, they, Richardson. Yep. They handed that they handed that ball to Trent Richardson and Devin still blew him up in the backfield. It was, yep. it was beautiful. And yep. and there's here's the thing too. They actually again, that was another instance where that that defense was good, man. Yep. That defense was stout, especially yep. on the line. I mean, they had they had a lot of guys on that team, one of which still, you know, a couple of those guys still playing in the NFL. They had they had Jack Crawford at end, who I, I think is still playing. I um, think so. Jordan they had Hill. they had Jordan Hill, Devin still on the interior. I can't quite remember who the other who the other end was, but they had a they had a very good front, um, and they were very good at linebacker. Again, I think I think Mowdy was on that team still. Uh, I think they they still had Hodges um, on there as well. Uh, both those guys played in the in the league for for a number of years. 
Um, I think Mike Hall was was uh, he might have been a freshman or a redshirt freshman on that team. Yeah, he was he was a freshman. Um, and like I said before, it came down to the quarterback. The quarterback sucked. Rob Bolden was so inconsistent. Yes, and Joe did play politics, and he was playing Rob Bolden because he was the number one overall quarterback in his class, and just he had a two quarterback system, which I will never ever understand the two quarterback system that Joe did sometimes and why you would do that against Alabama. I don't know. You leave Rob Bolden in. I think we have a better shot at winning that game because he was a starter, but the other um, defensive end was Eric Lattimore on that team. He was a big boy. Yep. Um, yeah. And yeah he was, he's a great run stopper. Yeah. Yep. And their offensive line was good. Running back was good. Uh, they didn't have much depth at running back, but their receivers were, they could have been elite. They could have been the best in the country. They had Justin Brown, Derek Moy, uh, was it Davon Davon Smith? Was it Davon Smith? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the slot guy. Yeah, and I'll tell t- very fast. And like I said before, the backup receivers were Shawnee Kersey, who was eventually kicked off the team. Backup to him was Alan Robinson. They had Stefan Morris as a backup corner. Adrian Amos was a freshman. He used to live on my floor. Um, they had talent he, on, that, on that roster. Yeah, they were backups. Adrian Amos was a backup. He's a, he's an NFL he's an NFL safety still. They're a very good safety too. Um, you know, like th- those were the backups on those teams. Uh, they had Mike Motti. They had Glenn Carson. They had Mike Hall. They I had for, Nate yeah, Stuckar. I, I forgot about Glenn. Yeah. And you know, one player who I always, me and my good friend in college, who we could not stand because we both played defensive back was Nick Suke. Good Lord, man. <laughs> Probably the worst starting safety in Penn State history. Yeah, he was not good. <laughs> well, Malcolm Willis got hurt that year. That's why he yep. was starting. Otherwise, Malcolm Willis would have had that position. But they had Danton Lynn. They had Chaz Powell. They had Drew Astorino. Um, they had a very – dude, going into the Nebraska game after Joe was fired, they were 12-1. and one. I No, I'm sorry, not 12-1. and one. They were like – Seven and six and one, seven and one. They were number twelve. Yeah, they they they, they, had, they had a a little bit of momentum there. Um, yeah, at that game, that was that was a frustrating game. Um, I don't want to say that the officiating was bad, but it, but it was bad that game. It was really bad. I well, yeah, I mean, thing. they gave him that fake punt, which was total bullshit. Um, that, yeah, they they. And I still, I still talk to people who said they could have won that game. Oh, they could have, for so, sure. But for Devin sure. still, I mean, he he was a beast in college, and you know he went on to uh, play for the Bengals, and he really became, uh, you know, a fan favorite because of his daughter was battling cancer, and you know they had the, foundations for her and stuff, and creation of the Still Foundation, and all that. Yep, good stuff. and she's still still alive and well and i believe she beat cancer so that was that was before all that stuff came out but yeah they had john troutman they had <laughs> donovan smith their their line was very pretty, good i mean they had stout. they had size and the, let's the, get back the, to that huh yeah I, exactly man and the things that killed us was i remember zerba had that uh that fumble devin smith had that fumble um but yeah that was just yeah that, that's and and again, that was our that was our freshman year. Our class was the first class to have three different coaches. Sean Stanley was on that team. I used to work with him. Um, Daquan Jones, NFL. <laughs> James Terry. Uh, I actually interviewed him. I interviewed 
I interviewed James Terry and I interviewed Stefan Morris for a paper one time for my class. Sean Oakman was on that team. Carl Nassim. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How, just think about that for Anthony Zettel was a backup. Think, think about, and I don't know if this is true. He might, he might've been, he might've come the year after. I think he did come the year after Austin Johnson was probably maybe a senior in high school at that time. Maybe. Yeah. So he was in the, he was in the, the pipeline NFL. probably ready to come. Yeah. Very, very good nose. Really good to tackle. But um, yeah, no, they had, they had ball players, man. But I think the, good kickers. The, the takeaway yep. point there is let's get back to a good, big physical line. That is the key. That is what is required. Yeah. So let's get to it. And and as we've spoken about it, they are addressing it. But anyway, Penn State going to the Outback Bowl. Uh, we will we will keep you informed with uh, with our plans on what we plan on do doing uh, in regards to the game. So we will figure out all that stuff. Uh, you will hear from us. Uh, today is uh, Sunday, the 5th. You will hear from us on Tuesday uh, for our normal time and our normal show. Um, I don't know that we'll have any breaking new news, um, but uh, but we will get some content out there and we'll talk about some other things. Um, as always, uh, and, and really help us out uh, this time for this, for this one uh, on Tuesday, um, in case there is no news, Please hit up the Twitter. Please ask some questions. We will we will go into detail uh, and uh, answer those questions uh, at Mark Lesko Pod on Twitter. Uh, we want to thank you guys for tuning in for this special episode. Always appreciate doing these uh, doing these talks, um, doing the show with Mark uh, for you guys, uh, the, the fans and the listeners of the podcast. Uh, let's keep this thing rolling. Uh, we're always we're always growing. We're always getting bigger. We're always reaching more folks. Um, so. Show us that support, share us with your friends, all that good stuff um, means the world to us. We really appreciate it. Um, and thank you guys for listening and we'll catch you on Tuesday. Yep. Thanks for tuning in guys. See you next week.